0: You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. This podcast has been brought to you by Cuts by Candice. Candace Kiss is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candace is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code Geek Out, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candice on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. Welcome back for another episode of Hey Mitch. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Today's interview is with a professional wrestler out of Tucson, out of High Impact Wrestling. His name is Zach Iron Manzy, and it was great to talk to him and find out his story and why it is that he's pursuing a career in professional wrestling and uh know how long how long he's been at it and his journey so far so I hope you enjoy it as well and as you know we are Geek Elite media now every time I say it in the podcast it's Geek Elite radio so it's before we made our change but uh, I think you guys know that drill by now so enjoy the interview hey. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey,
1: Mitch. Hey, 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 Mitch.
0: Hey, Mitch.
1: Hey, Mitch.
0: Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, everyone, I have another great interview going on today. I am sitting here with Zach Manzi of High Impact Wrestling, right? Yes, sir. So, I got the privilege of watching you and Match at a event in Yuma through Revolt Wrestling. Uh, I guess you guys
1: are kind of a sister company? Yeah, uh, Revolt and HIW are really close together. Our talent works for there. Uh, you know, they kind of go back and forth. And I've had the, the privilege of working in front of the, the crowd like Yuma it is wonderful <laughs>
0: I, <love> it. <laughs> I mean Honestly like when I was there Your match was pretty great Because I, I, I even told you this after the whole event is like I thought you were one of the better uh, Entertainers Performers like you really sold What you were doing up there and you sold your character Which as you said before we even started Recording you know people don't Know that you're going to be uh, as nice As you are because your persona is very Very
1: much more so uh, yeah. a jerk <laughs> Yeah. I I find it so fun because like these people are like scared to approach me after the show and I'm like, no, it's fine. If you want a picture, you want to say hello, like I'm more than welcoming because of that. You know, um growing up in wrestling, I watched a lot of Bubba Ray Dudley. That's where I got my style from. That in your face, I'm gonna scream and yell at you, you better get in mine. I I thrive off that, you know. So I, I feel like a lot of wrestlers that are bad guys now don't do that. Um, not to disrespect them or disregard their what they do, it, it's just as good. But I have a particular style. I, that's that New Yorker style, you know. We're up in your face. We're loud. We're here to annoy you, you mm-hmm. know. And if you don't react to it, I'm just going to make you.
0: <laughs>
1: so. So. <laughs>
0: when you when you uh, well, well, there's a good start. Where when did you start watching wrestling?
1: I was very young, um, probably about five or six years old. My father, who is a big wrestling fan, just as he's one of my biggest fans, I'd have to say. Um, he would tape uh, Sunday Night Heat. And, like, Monday Night Raw and things like that, and then put me to sleep with it. Nice. So it became kind of, like, ritual, mm-hmm. you know? Like, my father was kind of like, here, I'm just going to sneak this in here really quick. Oh, honey, what about his cartoons? Shut up. You know, <laughs> wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And it got to the point where, like, every day I was just watching as a young man. You know, Um, just I grew up with it. It, I feel like it's in my blood. I love it so much.
0: <laughs> and uh, did you have uh, certain characters, personas, wrestlers that you like to follow that you were oh, all about? Yeah. Other than Bubba yeah. Dudley?
1: Uh, Jeff Hardy, my absolute idol. I, he always stood out. Uh, looked different. I loved his innovative and high flying. High wow, I can't even speak. <laughs> high flying style. Um, just just his overall appearance. I I, I aspired to be like that as a kid. Uh, when I was younger in my teenage years, I would always dye my hair, mm-hmm. like him. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely still one of the biggest influences out there. Probably a guy like um. Probably be really generic here. Um, I really liked Bradshaw as well.
0: Oh, I love the Larry he <laughs>
1: did. Yes, yes. His uh, clothesline <laughs> from hell was amazing. Yes. One of like, the most – because you knew, like, as a kid, you're like, wow, is this fake or not? Then you see him literally just take somebody's head off with that thing. Mm-hmm. It's – Jesus Christ.
0: I mean, <laughs> that's around the time that I, I was watching. And I thought that, uh, you know, when you can get the right opponent for Bradshaw to sell that, that, that uh, clothesline, like, I always thought it was amazing, like, uh, a person like Rashiki. Like, he would – take that clothesline oh and do God. that flip and he's just like he's <laughs> such a huge dude and he's, he's flipping around like that it's like oh man i really
1: want to do that one day but i'm terrified of backflips <laughs> <laughs> oh i understand i get you <laughs> like front flipping i'm cool with i i have no problem doing front flip bumps and things like that but dude backflips no you can't get me to do it
0: so when Oof. did you decide that you wanted to go into it like as a i don't know career option
1: well um I hit a pretty low point in my life where I was kind of in and out of uh, the drug scene a little bit in high school um, I got expelled you know I, I did finish high school by the way but I got expelled and I one day I was sitting at home and looking at my computer watching wrestling and but I've always known in my life I've wanted to do this um and I said this is it i I need to do this I'm 18 years old I can't sit around anymore this is I'm at the prime of my life I need to do this I contacted uh, High Impact Wrestling's Facebook page, and they they responded instantly. Mm. I mean, like it was within maybe 10 minutes. I got a message back from a gentleman. I'm not sure who was running the page at the time, uh, but they said, hey, meet us behind Midtown Bar and Grill. That's a place out here that they were going to do their next show at. And so I contacted my grandmother, and I was like, hey, I need a ride. Let's go do this. She's like, all right, fine. I go out there. I meet a gentleman named Curtis Blair, uh, Chad Hockley, and a – Another guy named TC, who was a referee at the time. Chad doesn't wrestle anymore. Uh, Curtis, I'm unaware of his know abouts, and TC as well. So, but they got me in that ring, and I felt like a kid again. They started making me do all of these roles, and they were surprised how athletic I was because I always grew up playing sports. Mm-hmm. So, they started doing, making me do bumps, rolling me, you know, all this other stuff. And they said, well, you know, uh, if you're going to do this, you know, get ready to fully commit to this. So we talked about pricing and things like that as well, and you know it all just worked out from there. I guess starting off is really hard. That's that's one of the hardest things to do is when you first start. Granted, I'm still, you know, I'm still very green. Yeah, I'm still very new. So, you know, uh, I guess I'm still learning as I go along here.
0: Well, yeah, I, I assume that I, anybody that says they're not still learning, you know, yeah, doing you anything, you never stop learning, exactly, never. So then you said before we started recording that you're 21 now. Uh and you start and you just said right now that you started when you were 18, so three years in? Is that what we're thinking yes. of? That... In and out,
1: in and out. Uh, I had to establish my life first, but I was just really making excuses for myself to think I could do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a lot of doubt because you know I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, I didn't know my character. You know, I had rainbow hair for God's sakes, you know, <laughs> going into the wrestling business. You you're just a target, man. <laughs> like, everybody's gripping you, everybody's messing with you, and I didn't know how to take that. It was so much Happening, you know. Um, I, I didn't know what to do, so I had a falling out with the company for a little bit, and then came back when I was nineteen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, falling out a little bit, came back. So it was a lot of like five, six month training, drop five, six month training, drop. Like it was just me procrastinating that I didn't know if I can do this or not. You know, I, I doubted myself a lot, and I had a lot of help from my my lovely girlfriend you know, who, who kicked me in the butt when I needed it and said, this is what you love. This is what you're going to do. Stop work. Stop wasting your time with these dead end jobs. Get a good job, you know, and get your stuff together. This, this is what you need. This is what you love. And ultimately it is. I When I'm out there, I am the happiest person in the world, despite me being angry and yelling. I, I just I love it.
0: So are you. I guess I mean, what was there a, a, a part of the training that went into it that made you the most unsure
1: yes this particular moment I will not list names because uh it was a very interesting point but I was at training at the time and our current trainer who will not be named just out of respect um somebody I mentioned earlier but I was in the ring and we were going through some really heavy drills you know I was gassed I was thrown up a little bit It came down to the point where it was just me and him in the ring and I was just trying to impress him. And somebody earlier in the night, I guess, insulted this gentleman by saying, well, shit, he's got the best bumps in the class. Okay. And, (laughs) you know, I don't know how this person took it, but I take a lot of pride in my selling and my bumps and things like that. And I will go over top to make sure I get it right every single time. And I don't know what I did to offend this person, but... We got to the point where me and him were just in the ring, and uh, I was in there, and he goes, all right, well, you know How about we do a little training, just me and you? Cool. No problem at all. So we get in there, and he goes, bump. And when they say that, they just touch you, you bump. get back up. It's bumping feet. You mm-hmm. know, so it's back up, down, back up, down. It got to the point where I was doing, like, repeated, like, rapid fire. While he's sitting there yelling all these things at me, I'm going to try not to curse at all, you fat son of a, you know, this is that. You want to do this, huh? You fat, you know, this, all this crap. And it got to the point where I was bump drunk. I was so, like, I was gassed. I couldn't move. I roll out of the ring, and I start vomiting, Mm -hmm. you know, profusively. as he's sitting there. Get the heck back in here. Get in here. What are you doing, huh? You think you're good for this? And you think, like, just just throwing me down the well. Like, there was no, it was so unnecessary and unneeded. Uh, And I'm throwing up, and then I just walk away with tears in my eyes from puking. And everyone thinks I was crying. I'm like, no, I literally was just vomiting up bile, whatever I had in my stomach, considering I just lost what I ate a while ago. Yeah. You know? um, And I go to the bathroom, and next thing I you know, I hear, like, seven wrestlers getting that ring. <laughs> I don't know what happened from that point, but I know a certain gentleman afterward who burst into the bathroom door. And goes, if he ever does that to you again, you let me know. Boom, closes the door. Nice. And, you know, a lot of people defended me for that.
0: That's awesome. And I
1: was... I was really happy about it, but also I wasn't happy about that particular moment because that gentleman who was doing that to me was on a lot of drugs at the time—cocaine, uh, from what I heard. So it was—I I, really—it took me a minute that day because I realized that can I do this? Can I push myself this far? Can I really put up with that? Mm-hmm. You know, being a young eighteen-year-old kid, no job, just getting expelled from school, a lot going on in my mind. You know, then again, this guy just shot me down ten sizes. That, oh, hiccup. Sorry no problem Uh, just shot me down like 10 sizes really quick for no reason just because he felt threatened so it really killed a lot of motivation i had you know i was very motivated when i started that and i still very much am but at that point in time i felt like i couldn't do it and that's one of the hardest things about wrestling is doubting yourself and can you do it yeah and the the answer is you can you're as strong as you personally believe if you go in there you take all those beatings and you take every single thing they have to give you and you leave your heart in that ring. They will give it back to you. They will show you that. Like, they will show you that. All right, you're willing to fight for this. Let's help you.
0: And you. So I think,
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. So I think just that particular person felt very threatened and I wish nothing but the best for him now. I know who he is, but, uh, you know, I hope he's doing well in life now. Hopefully he cleaned up his act and I hope to see him again someday. So I could thank him for, uh, thank you for reminding me that this isn't like, you know, the best thing in the world but i love it and it made me fight harder.
0: Yeah, you know Better that I, I was going to say that's obviously a, a great example of the the highs and lows of I, I imagine that that this career this you know this path you have the person like that 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 really wants to just tear you down but then you had like you said the a gentleman that burst into the locker, locker room and be like you tell me if someone else does something like that to you and i mean that just shows yeah. the community that you're you're involved in is really caring
1: and and awesome, so which is always yeah. great. Hiw is amazing. Uh, a lot of people rag on them just for the way they started, but no. When I see those guys out there, there is one particular gentleman I'm gonna put over as hard as I possibly can, and that is Ricky Flash. Ricky Flash, I believe, is the heart and soul of Hiw. You know, every single time I go to his house to load up that damn ring, he's there, happy and smiling. Hey, what's going on, man? Got some big news for you. You're gonna do this. You know, and he's so interactive with everybody. You know, uh, as well as former promoters have been, too. Like, their roster is just great. Those guys are wonderful. Uh, Chaos, too. One of, like, their deathmatch guys, super nice. Like, he originally started training me, you know. And, dude, he was the awesomest guy ever. He fell out of the training a little bit because I think he was having another kid. So, it it led on Mm -hmm. to other people, like Yeti, who started helping us in the ring a lot. So, but Chaos, Ricky Flash, Yeti... um, Awesome, awesome people. Uh, their entire roster. I have nothing but good things to say about them. I really do. Um, yeah. <laughs> was there a a big
0: surprise once you know once you started doing this? Like, was there one thing that was just like I did not know this is how this happened going into <sighs> wrestling? If there's not, that's fine too. And also, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that yeah, on on my behalf, you don't have to worry about cursing. We 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 curse all the time on this on this podcast, on this network. <laughs> okay. so, so you don't have to censor yourself for me. But if that's the thing that you want to do for yourself, you go right ahead.
1: Uh, I'll refrain from it as much, just to try to sound a little bit more professional. Okay, just on my end. Okay, I try not to curse as much. I have a problem with that in the ring too. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking terrible. Oh. Um, <laughs> Uh, could you elaborate uh, re-elaborate on that question, please? Sorry. Yeah,
0: just as – was there going through your training and, and you know on on your way up now through wrestling and stuff like that, was there a surprise that that just showed showed itself to you um that you just like, oh, I didn't know this is how this was done or I didn't know that, you know, uh, you know this is a way to get this done or anything
1: like that? Yeah,, uh, there's a you make things harder on yourself at times. Mm -hmm. And my current trainer, Miracle Mike James, um, one of the absolute best I have, you know, Mike James is amazing. And he doesn't get enough credit for what he did for this business. But I think personally, he's one of the coolest dudes ever. And he smacks me around when I need it and drills something in my head when I need it. So with him, a lot of it was because I was a bigger guy. He goes, you don't need to do this big guy stuff. You can do this too. You know, when I started doing like rolls and things like that, like um, one of our matches that we had, you know we were kind of messing around uh, earlier in that day had me in a wrist lock he goes roll And i'm like what like i didn't know i can do that roll things like that um to a lot of these moves he's teaching me mm-hmm. you know i never knew that i could do them and i can do them as well then again i have my times where he just looks at me and goes what the fuck was that <laughs> <laughs> he goes okay what the shit get up boom hits me real quick you know get up do this do this so he pushes my limits incredibly for a bigger guy he really has made me faster in the ring and has made me more aware of my surrounding and what i should do you know uh positioning and things like that so i have i have to thank him entirely just for taking the time of day you know to even work with me or, or to even train me you know he just he helps tremendously he's a wonderful guy and and how often a week do you train um whenever they have shows you know uh there is local training out here but with my work schedule i can't really do it as much i work monday through friday get saturday and sundays off mm-hmm. so um For the time being, I try to just do it whenever they have shows as much as I possibly can. So I would like to up that more, but I would have to work with my work schedule a little bit, so it's kind of hard. So I'm going to try to get around that because they work me at nights, and Mm -hmm. most of these things happen at nights. So I'm thinking – I'm in contact with a particular person at the moment that I would love to start working with again and to start training weekly. That way, there's not as much ring rust when I get in there, and I'm not as nervous. And And I can work overall performance.
0: And uh, you, you stated earlier that you 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 had played sports all, all throughout your life. Like What kind yes. of sports were you
1: playing that prepared you for this? Or just what sports were you playing in general? <laughs> uh, I did Jiu-Jitsu for about five years Okay. with uh, Island Jiu-Jitsu based out in Long Island, New York, uh, with Sensei Mark Gebel, someone who actually gave me the name of Iron Manzy. That's how the name was like, invented. He would give everybody in the Jiu-Jitsu class random names, um, just crazy names. And he looked at me one day and goes, Iron Manzy. <laughs> I went, like, what? He goes, that's your name now. And <laughs> there was no special behind it. It was just because my kicks were like iron, he said. Oh. And I, I believe know. they personally still are. <laughs> I kick pretty goddamn hard. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I played a tremendous amount of hockey growing up. I, I'm a big hockey fan. Love it. Uh, my favorite team is the New York Islanders, but I played hockey growing up, soccer, baseball. I tried to stay as athletic as possible because I always – didn't like the fact of just being some big kid who liked video games, you know? Yeah. I always wanted to go out there and try things and make myself a little bit more active. So it, it was a matter of kind of pushing myself along to kind of try everything else out. So while other kids were sitting there moping in gym class, I actually really liked it. Mm-hmm. The problem was I just liked to eat. You know, I was just a bigger guy. And so.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that, I I know that struggle. Been a bigger guy all my life too, but I was always energetic and and athletic as well, so uh, I I get that. But so that that's your your physical background for for wrestling. What about your performance background? Did you ever do any uh,
1: theater or you know? Yeah, uh, two years of drama. Okay, that was to set me up for wrestling. Okay, uh, a lot of people went in there to be actors. I did it so I can learn better facial expressions. How to remember things a little bit better. Um, it was in ninth and tenth grade I took those classes, so I started doing that a little bit more because, again, wrestling. Um, you know, you're you're presenting yourself, you're acting as much, you know. So I did that to kind of help myself, and it really, really paid off because I've been I got quite a few compliments on you know my selling and things like that. So I'm I'm just really happy about you know all the uh, what the higher ups have said about me
0: and uh, and developing a character like. Was how has that been for you? Has it been a difficult process? Has it been a
1: pretty easy process? You know, incredibly difficult. Okay. I had no idea what I wanted to do. <laughs> I didn't even know I was going to be a bad guy. I, I didn't know anything like that. I had no particular direction of that, and that's how frantic my mind works at times. You know, like I just couldn't think about it until um, my second match, where I had with Miracle Mike James, my trainer. Um, he looked at me and goes, "What even are you?" And, you know, not insult me, but he was like, what what are you, like, who are you? What what is Iron Manzy? And I was like, well, I don't know who I am. He goes, all right, well, think about this. You're from New York, you know, and what's the first thing you think about New Yorkers? I was like, oh, they're scumbags. He looked (laughs) at me, snapped, and was like, dude, that's it. Be a scumbag. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. I could be the Long Island scumbag. And he just, boom, eyes popped out of his head and goes, yes. Now think (laughs) of every single thing you hate about a New Yorker. And I started projecting it more. You know, and I started kind of, like, cutting promos a little bit more from an accent. You know, like, you know, you you, you, you just look weird. You got braids in your head. Who does that, you know? And just, like, <laughs> rambling and rambling. And he's just like, God, three seconds in, I hate you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> he just hated it. And, like, in a good way, too. He goes, dude, you're such, a, like, an arrogant prick. Like, okay, this is cool. Run with it. So that night, I really didn't get to do much of the character. A little bit, you know, so I was kind of messing around. I got my I got my ass whooped that match. I mean, he put a beating on me. The worst thing about that match was uh, we were on the outside of the guardrail. By the way, 90% of the match was on the outside. Mm-hmm. And our referee, Sean Rankin, literally had no clue of this. He's just <laughs> in, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, like ten Mississippi, and two. Come on, guys, bring it in. <laughs> and, Mike, and, and Mike, the professional he is, me getting blown up on the outside, I get my ass whooped, he's just rolling in and out, just beating the shit out of me it's <laughs> that match dude it was so weird uh one of the weirdest things about it or the most painful things he had some cr- someone in the crowd had onion rings and they were like piping hot oh and he grabbed the fistful and like shoved them in my mouth and like it burned so hard on my upper <laughs> lip i like turned away and jerked and, like elbowed him I was like dude what the fuck so i had like a huge ass like pimple on my lip like the next like two weeks uh that made me eat my own smelly sock oh wow so I went to go for like a knee bar of some sort, and I laid back into it, and I just see him kind of grin, takes off my shoe, hits me with it, pulls off my sock, does a Mr. Socko thing, and just like there's an infamous picture of Mike just like shoving a sock down my throat, and like me with tears in my eyes because it smelled so bad. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I could get that smell off my hands for a week, man. I was like, dude, you did it. (laughs) Like that was not part of this. That wasn't part of the fucking plan. Like it was such a fun match, and I I enjoy working with him so much, dude. I love it. <laughs> that that is that is incredibly awesome. So, uh, for
0: maybe listeners that don't know, that's you're considered a heel. Then,
1: yes, that is a bad guy in professional wrestling. It is somebody who deliberately goes out there to annoy you or antagonize you, uh, and to cower his way into winning. In my opinion, and the
0: other op- the other side of that coin is the face, the good guy. Yes, the baby face.
1: Yep. Yeah. He's so, the one that goes out there, slaps your hand, tells you you're awesome when you really suck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what was uh, being the heel um, something that you always saw yourself as or was that just Slightly. when it came with that, uh, that, scum, that Long Island scumbag thing? Did, it, did you just like, okay, it fits?
1: <laughs> I, I didn't have a choice. Okay. Uh, the person that I got to work with who I'm going to praise very highly is Daniel Loya. Um another wonderful guy who carried my ass through my first match. Because I had no idea what I was doing. And I felt as lost as could be. I can't watch that footage now without cringing. You know? Um, but sorry, I kind of lost track here for a second. It's okay. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I, I I wanted to be a heel and he gave me the option. He goes, Well, what are you heal what are you healer face? And I was like, I can be a bad guy. <laughs> I can do that's me in my mind kind of thinking to myself, like, you know, I think I can really do this. Like if I go out there. And it was okay. It was all right. Okay. You know, I went out there and I didn't project my character as much as I do now. I yelled a little bit, did my whole little, you know, that with the arm. Uh-huh. Um, got a good reaction. So I spoke to Ricky Flash. Sorry, Jacob. um, and he goes, you know, keep doing that. I like you as this. Then against Miracle Mike James, got to project it, project it a little bit more. The guy who really helped me with my character was Aaron Andrews, okay. Uh, the world champion. I Aaron is a wonderful performer, and me and him, I feel like we're gonna fight forever. <laughs> so, uh, and I swear to God, we're going to considering how much we beat the shit out of each other the <laughs> like, ring. Down to earth, dude, but when he hits, fucking hard, man. Like he hits so goddamn hard, <laughs> like, like holy shit. Like, not saying that's a bad thing. He's a very safe worker and right. things like that. But, dude, like, I particularly like it. I, I don't mind that strong style. That's something I projected first before I came up with Scumbag, which is Long Island strong style. Mm-hmm. But then the Scumbag thing came out. Um, but, yeah, sorry. I kind of lost train of thought again with that. <laughs>
0: that's okay. You're you're fine.
1: This is, there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. You just keep talking. You
0: we, We'll find our way.
1: Yeah, <laughs> elaborate a little bit more on my, what I was mentioning.
0: So, uh, the idea that, you know, being a heel was something that yes, you right. always wanted to do or you you always felt you could do. So, then my my follow up yeah. to that would be do you see yourself turning face at some point? I mean, is it is it just if it if it calls for it then
1: yes you'll do it or is it something that you might want to do? I'm, too? I'm a company man, so if it's if it's needed, yes. Okay. Then I will do that. I won't particularly I w- will still stay with my gimmick cuz I like it, but I'll be a good guy. You know, um, I'm not one to argue with these people and, you know, what they do and how they want to run their company. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. That's Mm -hmm. the way I was raised. You know, you do what's best for you feel like them. Now, if it came back to where, like, I had a decision in something, Mm -hmm. then that's another story. But, you know, I'm not one to argue about that kind of stuff. And uh, one of our announcers, Willie, um, who is really one of the nicest dude ever, nicest dude ever. I think you met him at the last show, The Gentleman in the Wheelchair, right? Yes. Yes. One of the nicest dudes ever. And he pulled me aside and he goes, I want to personally apologize for something. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I've been ragging on your weight, you know, and things like that. And if you're not going to defend yourself, I will, you know, I should rag more on your character than you just being big. Mm -hmm. And that really opened up my eyes to something to protect myself slightly. To kind of let they don't let people walk on me because I'm a bigger guy. You know, I'm doing this because I love it. Not because I'm 500 pounds and can't move like I can do things. Right. You know and he he felt responsible for you know kind of tipping the barrier where people call me fat and things like that which i don't mind yeah. it's it's not a it's not like it's not the most obvious thing you know it's, it's the elephant in the room literally and figuratively. <laughs> so like it was you know I, I accepted his apology for whatever reason so I was like you know you don't have to apologize but from a professional wrestling standpoint and a professional standpoint he made a tremendous amount of sense and really helped me so that, that's somebody that's one of the greatest minds I think I've ever talked to is Willie, you know he's so knowledgeable and such a nice dude.
0: That uh, that's also great. I mean, and I, I I imagine that there comes some type of armor force field, however you want to say it. As you you know you're projecting a character, and the people that you, the the, the, the oh. people watching you are also just kind of like, you know going <laughs> off of that, they're not really attacking you. I'd hope.
1: No, no. One kid tried to hop the guardrail. But I have a security guard that follows me around now because since that day, she's agreed to be by my side every single time. And I was like, no, let him off the guard (laughs) roll. Beat the shit out of him. Like, I cocked back, and then, like, two security guards rushed over. They're like, what the fuck are you doing, man? So it was at Tucson Comic Con day one, and I was facing a gentleman of, I think, Daryl D. Dixon. Mm -hmm. If I get his name wrong, I apologize. And if you listen to this, I I apologize, sir. Um, But I go out there doing my normal shtick, getting in people's faces, and there was this kid that was dressed up. Uh, the undertaker and Shawn michaels and then there was another kid that was like right in the middle of them <laughs> and i don't know what i said or I, what I i think i was just yelling at him i was like all right come on get over the guardrail one leg up other leg goes up and i cock back i was like dude don't do it security guards bum rush and push him back and i just kind of go into the ring and i'm just like what the fuck like, are you doing <laughs> like that's like jumping in the ring Expect me not to kick you in the goddamn head like what are you like, why are you trying to hop the guardrail at me bro like it made no sense to me. And after the show, I'm sneaking away and going through everybody. And he's like, "Yo, dude, come here." And I was like, "Bro, you're about to get your ass whoop if you're thinking of fucking with me now." I'm pissed. Like, what do you like, what do you want? I was hey man, I really like the performance. Like, shook my hand, and I felt like just a dick, <laughs> kind of coming off like that. And I was like, "Dude, no problem, but fucking lord, be careful." Yeah, no kidding. Some won't give you that warning like I did to kind of like let you know what I'm about to do. Like, oh, uh, I mean, although like, oh no, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Although, like, granted, after the show a lot of people do kind of come up to me a little bit and they're a little hesitant, which I I, I encourage them not to be. Right. Professional wrestling is a family-based sport that I feel like really you should get to know some of the characters. You should say hello to them and things like that. And as bad as that may sound, you know, a lot of people, people want to protect their character as a bad guy. Cool. You know, for me, I'll gladly say hello after the show. Maybe this will change in a few years. Maybe I'm just really new, and I'm very grateful for all the things that are happening to me because it's happening so fast. Mm-hmm. But I'm really grateful for the things that are happening, and things like that. You know, I I don't mind saying hello to a fan, even though I'm a bad guy. Like it's it's not, it's not as taboo as it used to be. No. And, you know, and I can't really sit there and try to make it like that anymore. It's if it's out in the open, fuck it. <sighs> you know, I'm. That sounds really bad, and I, I, I know, but. I'm as more open as going out there and interacting with these fans who come to see us. You know, I would like to get their opinion. I would like to tell me if my match sucked and things like that. These are the people that are, you know, your career is going to thrive off of. So excuse me for kind of going out there and and wanting to know the crowd and things like that and how they like the show. I I think that makes complete sense. I mean, these are the
0: people you're performing for. You're going to want to know what they thought was great and what they thought didn't work out as well. So
1: yeah, like it's. It's interesting to me because I was that fan. I was that like that fat kid in the front row getting picked on by the wrestlers. Like <laughs> it, it intrigues me. Like, and I would love to meet these guys after the show because they were so cool. You know, like that that piques my interest at times because I never knew about that stuff. Like, I never knew what they would do. Mm-hmm. So, for these fans that like want to come in there and say hello and things like that, don't be afraid of these wrestlers. Some of them aren't that bad of guys, you know. And if they are protecting their character, and it's whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, other people don't like to do that. It- there you go. And, and I mean, at a comic convention, so Sandy, or Tucson Comic-Con, like you were saying, you can imagine there's a lot of people dressed up in different costumes. It's going to embolden them a little oh, bit more. Oh, it was so fun.
1: <laughs> Holy hell. It was the most fun I've ever had, dude. <laughs> I loved it so much. It, it was the nicest thing I've ever had to do. I loved it. The, the wrestlers were chaotic. They were all going over the place, taking pictures of things like that. You know, and these people, like that was the largest crowd I think I've ever performed in front of. Oh, wow. You know, and I got a tremendous reaction. Um, I got I got bagged on a little bit by a gentleman named Adon Reyes for this, with good intention because I wasn't really supposed to do this. I'm the bigger guy, so he gave me a lot of really good advice. Adams a wonderful person too, by the way. Um, referee Sean Rankin. After I lost my first match, I was like, "Hey, dude, let's do an Earl Hebner spot. You just push me over," like because these aren't wrestling fans; they don't. Right. You know, like, they're not watching the product constantly. They see the fat, big, yelling guy get pushed over by, like, a scrawny referee. It's going to go crazy. And it did after the match. That fucking place blew up when I hit the mat, and I, you know, I threw a little temper tantrum, went out there yelling at people, went back in the curtain. You know, it was awesome. And then people kind of got on me a little bit because, like, you're bigger. You shouldn't be doing that thing. And and in my head, I was kind of like, I agree. But on the other side, I'm like, this is Comic-Con. I'm not going to do it again. I think this was just going out there and getting these people riled up because I really did. Yeah. You know, and uh, our our general manager Ricky Flash was like, "Dude, I love this. Like, this is so fun. Like, I can just put you in there with anybody. And you, it's golden. <laughs> you know, like you're just a dick to them. It's it's fun. I love all the people I've been working with so far, man. I have nothing bad to say about anybody yet." I was gonna say that probably has to feel pretty pretty great to hear something like that. It was like you can be put yeah. in ring with anybody, and and it's gonna work out great. Yeah, because he, he puts me in there with particular people and he's even told me, he goes, you know, I think you're going to do great with this. These are your pointers, you know, things like that. Ricky Flash, um, I believe is very fond of what I'm doing, as well as a gentleman named Chaos, like I mentioned. He gave me a compliment after me and Andrews had our second match for the Revolt World title. You know, he really enjoyed the match as well, and so did uh, EJ Sparks that we had match of the night. Hmm. If you know who EJ Sparks is, I believe he's the Party Hard Wrestling World Champion and the RWA World Champion. I probably got that wrong so I yeah, I probably got that wrong, but uh, thank you, baby. E.J. Sparks is awesome. One of the nicest dudes ever, and someone who I originally started off training with. You know, he was nothing at the end of his training, and I was just beginning mine. Mm-hmm. But to hear a compliment like that from somebody who's so successful in Arizona right now, dude, it it me and Andrews, we just blew up. We were like, oh my god, like that 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 was so fun out there. And then to get compliments from our higher ups, man, it was just such an honor. It sounds Love great. working. So
0: when it comes to storylines, then how uh, how involved are you and the company? Like, is it is it a big meeting between the two entities and being like, this is what's going to work, this is where we're, we see you in the future, or is it more just you, or is it more just
1: them telling you what to do? Uh, I particularly can't say much about that, okay, out of respect. Um, but for the most part. They're really involved with people. Like they'll come up to you during the show and be like, "Hey man, you know this is what we have you doing. This is that." And you know you can kind of just go from there. So just out of respect, because I'm not that guy, <laughs> to right. uh, kind of I'll check that a little bit. The stories and the, you know what the uh, what the madness is behind the scenes as much as far as the promoters do. I can't speak for them. Um, I try to stay as involved as possible in whatever they want me to do. Like I said, I'm a company man. They want me to go out there, you know, butt naked. Hey, <laughs> like <laughs> whatever helps the company, whatever they feel is best for me. Yeah, like I've never really denied anything to do anything. So I'm not at that point in my career where I can really have that kind of control. Nor do I want that kind of control. Right. You know, whatever they feel is best for me, and whatever they want me to do. Hey, I'm down. Um, I just, I just recently worked a match with Enterprise, who is one of like their biggest baby faces. Over with the crowd uh, at the Tanky Beardy Swap Meet. So. I had a very wonderful match with him. Nothing bad to say about the guy. Uh, he had a little bit more of a limited offense, but that was okay because, again, me being so new, it got me, it really showcased mm-hmm. what I can do as well. Apologies. Um, but it was really fun. You know, it was my first victory ever, especially on like one of like, the biggest faces in the company. Like, wow. it, it, it was really, I was very, very honored and I made sure he knew that. And I was like, you don't have to do this. Like, thank you very much. I don't mind losing a thousand matches. But like that you're doing it at your home place where you're behind all these people just to progress in your storyline, you know, thank you. So I, I have nothing but thank yous for Enterprise, man. Good dude. That's awesome.
0: Uh how many I would say smaller circuits like this are there in in Arizona, so to speak? Do you know?
1: Quite a bit. Uh championship wrestling from Arizona, but they're they're all over Arizona. Yuma, especially Phoenix, you know, you got all these companies, man. I can't list them all, but and how, there often, is quite a few.
0: how often do you, do you tend to work with those other groups other than uh, Rev, Rev,
1: revolt and high, high impact? I'm doing whatever I can to kind of get my name out there. So, um, I was in recent talks with Neil Cutter who has worked our shows. He invited me out to party hard wrestling who is, which is based out in Phoenix, but I couldn't make it due to traveling. I just got a new car because my other one exploded like two weeks ago. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah. Oh, fucking terrible. Um, so, I was in the mix of kind of getting the car payment, everything else like that, getting it down. I was like, hey, man, I can't come out there. Um, but he wants to start me to start going out there, working seminars and things like that. So, I'm doing whatever I can to possibly get my name out there, you know, and to try to go with these other companies. I'm willing to travel there and do all this other stuff. Um, the fact that Revolt wanted me so badly, you know, especially to work their shows and things like that against the Vanilla Gorilla, mm-hmm. they loved it. They loved our work. You know, so they're always they're always inviting me back and I'll, I'll be back there in January. So I'm I'm honored that these companies are even coming out to me and saying, hey, I like this work. Can you do this? Can you do that? So they're, they're just it's just been amazing. It really has.
0: That that sounds great. So I guess the, the the bigger question would be, how where do you see yourself going?
1: How far is it? Do you want do you want to take this? As far as I can go. Yeah, the sky's the limit, man, and it's only up from here. That's what I always say. Um, I hope to one day work for WWE. That's the ultimate goal: is to make as much money as possible and to entertain as much money, <laughs> <laughs> entertain as much people as possible. Too. <laughs> you know, so I, I hope I reach that. That hierarchy one day, man. I, I would love to. I, I would absolutely love to. Do you know um, that, about that process of getting, getting
0: uh, a tryout or audition or whatever? What what they do to get people into the w-
1: WWE? I, uh, being so early in my career, no, no. I, I don't know what's ahead of me or what what's to come. You know, I can't really speak for the future. I can only speak for now. And my ultimate goal, uh, by the end of twenty nineteen, uh, no, yeah, twenty nineteen, is to have a hundred matches. What number are we on? You now? Know that, I believe number eleven. Okay. I've been doing this since August. Okay. So that's not too bad. No, I think I'm you're hoping well to- are on <laughs> I think that I can do this. Matter of fact, I know I can do this. You know, I need to have confidence in myself, otherwise I'm just gonna fall into the line of people who who think they can do it and they know they can't. Yeah. You know, uh I'm gonna be very confident about this. I really hope I do end up working for them one day, even if it's like the smallest role. That is my goal in life. This is, that is the ultimate, you know, that's the hierarchy right there. That's the company of companies to work for, you know? So if I get to work for other companies along the way, so be it. I would love that. You know, Um, I love professional wrestling. I hope to one day work for as many companies as possible. So do you have a
0: signature move and a finishing move?
1: Yes. My signature move is the Long Island DDT follow, or the spinning back elbow into the Long Island DDT. Okay. Um, (laughs) And then my finished move is called the low life. The low life, which would be a... It's like a snap inverted flatliner. Snap inverted flatliner. It's it's what you saw me hit hollow point with. Okay. Where he spiked himself. Right. Yeah, so he was the first person to actually take that move. Oh, and how did it... That was my first time ever doing that finish. Like in the ring? Yep. I hit Aaron Andrews with it on Tucson Comic Con day two. It was not recorded. So he was the first person to get it recorded and to take it like that in a match where it was used very strongly. Okay. And so how do you feel about it at this point? I like it. I really want it. It's, every, it's easy for everybody to take. I, feel, I believe it's literally Sister Abigail, but I don't lean them back. I snap into it as fast as I can. That way it looks different. Right. You know, wrestling is all about making things your own, right? Right, modifying So if I do this and make it my own, yes. Um, and Aaron Andrews my, in our first match was like, dude, do that back elbow. Like hit me with the back elbow right here. And then it came into me running into the back elbow and things like that. Love you. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, hitting him in the back elbow and things like that. And he goes, drive me to the middle DDT. And now that's a signature move, right? That's one of like my favorite things to do. I love the spinning back elbow DDT spot. Like it's my favorite. Like it looks devastating. It. it does. <laughs> <laughs> like, when I hit Ricky flash with this bandana flew off and things like that, you know, and then we hit the double long Island DDT. It was awesome. I had such a great time. Uh, all right. So
0: that's that. You know, that's all good and great. Now I need to know about your geeky side. What What is it that you geek out about? I, oh, I think oh, you, you talked about horror movies earlier. Uh, I think before that, we started recording. So let's hear about that journey.
1: Oh man, I always grew up liking horror movies. I like the blood and gore. Okay, I just don't know why, but I have always enjoyed that. Um, movies I watched uh, the original It growing up. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But my biggest, my my favorite is Friday the Thirteenth. Love Jason Voorhees. I have a, I actually have something I got from Comic-Con. It is a Friday the 13th uh, Part 2 one. And it's with him with the pickaxe, the mask, and everything else like that. There's a bunch of accessories from it. Um, yeah, I grew up loving horror movies. I didn't really get into too many comedies and actions because I felt like there wasn't a story. I like the plots of horror movies, seeing how they, they can escape some of these murderers. And it addresses real-life issues, whether it be rape or, you know some sociopath those things intrigue me like watching criminal minds you know like you want to get behind them Mm -hmm. i love the stories of it you know uh paranormal activity movies a bunch of demon movies like anything really you know i'll even watch the cheesier ones on netflix just to be like jesus christ like what the (laughs) fuck is this like my brother and i joke about this all the time that movie zombievers holy shit (laughs) holy shit like (laughs) that whole fucking movie was just a trip so bad so bad so out of the
0: Friday the 13th movies, which one would you consider your favorite? Favorite? Part two. Easily. Part two. Part two. Easily. The first introduction Absolutely. of Jason, Burlap Sack. Yes.
1: You get to truthfully see who he is, see the mother early on a little bit. Right. Like, and that wheelchair, the guy in the wheelchair, the pickaxe. Oh, my Lord. <laughs>
0: Woo! Uh, where, where, do you hope to see them do another reboot of the series? Bring in fresh blood? Try to Hold change up the story? Sorry, sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. Just saying, uh, uh, do you like, do you see them, uh, would you like to see them do a reboot of the series, uh, bring in Fresh Blood, you know, change up the story a little? Yes and no. Yes
1: as as to where I haven't really seen many good horror movies now. And I don't know whether it's just maybe the directors or just the overall plot, but you cannot mess up something as iconic as Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. You can't. Personally, you just cannot. Like, I don't understand how you can, but I manage they will fuck up eventually. <laughs> so I, a part of me is scared to say yes to this, but I'm going to say yes. I hope they do. Just so I have something good to watch. I, I love the new Michael Myers movie Halloween. That was fucking amazing. That was you the- know, very well done. Very well done. So if they have something like that to top, more power to them. Yeah, that's what I was going to say.
0: I I, I was going to ask you about if you saw the new Michael Myers, the new Halloween, and how yes. you felt that, felt about that as a – a,
1: reboot sequel like there's they're very strange that it's a sequel to the I original Halloween <laughs> yeah I felt conflicted like I felt like exposed watching it slightly because I didn't know what was kind of like before and after uh uh-huh. movie you yeah. know I had no no spoilers out there for anybody but it, it was all right I enjoyed it went to the theater you know my girlfriend and I it was great was I didn't have a personal problem with it, other than a few things, but no worries.
0: So, if they were to do the same thing with the Friday Thirteenth, would you do a straight up sequel to the first one so that you you get right into Jason Voorhees, or do you if you reboot it, do you bring back Mother Voorhees? Do you do you bring back the mother as the
1: the killer? You can't bring back the mother; she's already dead. She's died in like three movies. I don't understand why she keeps coming back to fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> After, like, step, like oh yes,
0: Mother Voorhees. <laughs> That's
1: out of nowhere again, like. <laughs> No, I'd have to do part one again. Like, you you need to know what happened and how he drowned like that, you know, and what led his mother to all this traumatizing abuse. I think if they did one to more like the child of Jason, as for like the mother was like this conflicting, horrible person, it would be better. So So, I think that would work out.
0: All right. And uh, any horror movies coming out soon
1: that you are looking forward to? Sorry, not that I particularly know of. No. I haven't really watched TV too much this week. I've been really busy. So, not that I know of. What did you think of the the, the It remake? Ooh. <laughs> no, um, not, not a fan. No, no. Uh, interesting. Okay. A lot more. I think it should have been PG-13 rated R. Okay. And, you know, it wasn't, it was more of a comedy in me, you it know, was, than a horror movie. There was a lot the, of comedy this, in this, it. This, it had so much to follow with. You know, like, you take this traumatizing thing. You saw when you were a kid, right? This clown Killing people through wells and things like that, bringing them to another, you know, to another, to another region of some sort, you know, and where they take their soul and their soulless, you know, and then you follow up with this movie that's just kind of laughing at it and and burying the character of Pennywise. There was like people think of Pennywise is a fucking joke now. <laughs> I would imagine that motherfucker was nobody to mess with. Oh yeah, they, they, for a for TV he
0: movie, he was, was scary as shit. Yeah.
1: And they made him look like this little bitch. And I was like, bro, what do you, how are you going to do my boy? And I was like that. Like, how <laughs> the fuck are you going to marry him like that. Like, really? You dicks. You fucking dicks. Uh Are there any, um,
0: I don't want to say modern day classics, but modern day horror movies that you are putting up there with Friday the 13th? Like stuff that's come out within the last oh, couple absolutely.
1: years. Uh, Jared, I think Gerald's game. Okay. Go. By yes. Yeah. Oh, that, that was great. Um, That's probably the only one I really have up there that I personally liked a lot. Um, If you haven't seen that already, it's about a couple who go out to a cabin in the middle of nowhere, of course. Um, And during the act of intimacy, the gentleman takes too many Viagra pills while his wife is handcuffed to the uh, the, The headboard. uh, Yes, thank you. To the headboard, and he dies on top of her. And then she starts hallucinating and finding different ways to kind of get out of there. But at nighttime, there's also like a murderer who roams into houses and things like that. So she has to interact with him as well. Oh, wow. So it was really, it was so interesting to see how like she started hallucinating and things like that. And then things started to play back and how she got out of the headboard. Like it was great. Stephen King, hats hats off. You know, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful flick to watch. I highly recommend it.
0: And okay. So then uh, out of horror movies, what, what else what are we talking about? Collectibles? You said you had you had some stuff from- yeah, uh, originally,
1: in my house in Long Island, I had a ton of action figures, but that house burned down, sadly, so I lost a tremendous amount of valuables. So, moving from Florida to Arizona, um, you know, I had to restart my collection. But I am a big, big ECW guy, so I love collecting, like, old-school ECW figures and things like that. Nice. Like, one of my favorite wrestlers in ECW is, this is very unpopular, is New Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I love New Jack. That guy is a fucking psychopath. I hope to wrestle him one day, dude. That'd be <laughs> fucking great. Like, I hope, like nothing happens to me but like i really hope wrestling one day
0: so but yeah i love collecting action figures when uh what what's what's uh what's one of the prize ones you have
1: right now other than the uh, vorhees definitely my abdul the butcher legends of wrestlemania nice legends of wrestling uh i don't i think it's like the 99 um but it's hard to find him without the blood and okay. with the actual work so i have that one oh nice. it's not valued up too high but i think it's worth like 40 bucks oh, okay I, I mean i, I meant
0: Prized by you, not not necessarily money wise, but that's that's awesome. That's too, That's too. <laughs> <laughs> when uh both of you I meant. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you went to Tucson Comic Con, was there any past wrestlers that were there that
1: you got to talk to or anything like that? Um, I didn't get the chance to meet Jake Stank Roberts. I was busy doing other things as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the money or the time really. Um, so I was kind of going around giving people their passes, going over them, kind of getting them inside the building and things like that. So it was really chaotic. Um, but Jake the Snake Roberts was there, and a lot of other wrestlers got to meet him. I, I didn't get to, unfortunately. I really would like to meet. I I passed him, kind of going outside because mm-hmm. he was outside for first, and I wanted to approach him, but I didn't want to be a jerk because he's kind of taking a break from all the people. Yeah, exactly. Just out of respect, honestly, of the performer. But um, no, there wasn't. I really wish I got to talk to him. Have you? Had, I really,
0: Have you had the opportunity to talk to any other
1: legends like hmm. that? Yeah, Mick Foley used to live really close to me. McFoley lived 25 minutes from me and went to the same pharmacy as my mom. So when I was a kid one day, she brought me there and I've met McFoley like four or five times because of this. That's awesome. Like he's such a fucking cool guy. I love him. <laughs> like such a long island native, man. Like has that just the heart. I love it, bro. He used to live out in Deer Park. Now I'm from Rocky Point, New York. So it's like a 45 minute drive, 25 and around there, if I remember. <laughs> so <laughs> seeing him a lot was really, really cool because I'd be like, oh mankind, mankind. And he just so polite. Such a sweet guy. Um, let's see. I met Matt Stryker and Mikey Whipwreck. Uh, Mikey Whipwreck uh, originally or still does run the company, New York Wrestling Connection, based out in Long Island. And he booked Matt Stryker one day, and I went out there while Matt Stryker was uh, smoking a cigarette. He told me he'd kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 11 and he goes, oh, "So what do you do, kid?" You know, I'm like, "Oh, I did Jesse." He goes, oh, "I probably whip your ass." <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Well, it was very nice meeting you, sir. You know, like, "Oh, you're Smackdown announcer, you know, like I like your work. Really cool guy. Mikey Whipwreck as well. Um such a such a nice dude." <laughs> awesome. Uh is there one of the
0: the is there a type of match that you 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 tend to like more
1: than others, or do you just straight up a regular r- wrestling match? This is really taboo. Uh, I love death matches. Oh, okay. I am a freak for death matches. I would love to do some eventually. You know, um, with our HiW guys or wh- whoever would like that. Um, a close friend of mine is Michael Kruger, and I would love to face him. Yeah, because me and him are good friends, and I think we can beat the piss out of each other, and it would be fucking great. So uh, that and Scott Sabbath. I would like to work with as well another yuma guy mm-hmm.
0: is there is okay so for maybe anybody that might not know what what exactly goes into a death match what what's the outcome <sighs> on that is it straight up just <laughs> who dies first
1: yeah literally <laughs> you know, death are just a particular style that japan innovated more with like actual legitimate stuff glass barbed wire you know uh fire even it's just a high risk thing that can really hurt you mm-hmm you know, and the objective obviously is not to die, it's just call the deathmatch, you know, right? Yeah, um, and the first guys that kind of brought it into the United States were like Ian Rotten and Axel Rotten with the Taipei Match, mm-hmm. which is where you take glue around your wrist tape and you dip it in broken glass and you beat the shit out of each other. So, I would like to do things like that, and a lot of people think I'm crazy for that, but <laughs> I, I like it, I like watching that. Like, we just recently at HIW, I think the last when me and Aaron had a match, we had a 10,000 thumbtack death match between outrage and chaos and oh <laughs> my god like that was such a brawl man like it was so entertaining because everybody's on the edge of the seat they love to see blood they'd love to see the violence and i thrive off that shit you know i love that like that edgy feeling in the room where you're like oh dude this guy's about to get his ass kicked i love that shit Mm-hmm. Like so, I would really like to get into those as much as I can, but I, I need to go down my base of wrestling first. I need to work regular match and things like that before I feel confident enough to where like okay, I can do this too. I'm not going to be a seasonal guy doing it all the time, but I'd right. like to do some. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I would love. Yeah, you got to be able. To bring,
0: I imagine you got to build up the a really good uh, relationship and and the idea of being safe with the other person in the ring with that something like that. 100%. So, yeah. So, is there is there a particular bump that you like to take more than others like is there a
1: move that you like to have done to you uh i love i love from flipp- i love from flipping yeah i love it. um that and i like to be punched a lot because i love to sell like for strikes like Devon dudley like where he like whips himself completely <laughs> so i love doing that um yeah i don't mind taking anything like i again i'd love to just try different things you know and make other people look good just as much as they make me look good is there something that you
0: you're wanting to try in the in the near future, that not a death match.
1: Yeah, um, move wise or match wise, either or. Uh, move wise, I would love to eventually do a Canadian Destroyer. Okay, if you don't know what that is, that is where someone takes them in the power bomb position and instead set front flips and pile drives them. Oh, so it's very interesting and it's a very devastating looking move, but it's actually one of the safest. Okay, so just how close you're connected to your legs and things like that. So I eventually hope to learn that. Um, and I would love to work more like hardcore matches and street fights, you know, kind of get more, get like to where I could interact with the crowd more during my matches. Because with me and Enterprise, it was a street fight. Mm-hmm. So I was in their faces all the time, yelling at them, throwing signs, you know, while beating on this dude. It, I got such a good reaction. I loved it, you know. So I would love to work more style like that. But also I like to work more tag matches as well. Yeah, Tag matches are really, really fun, you know. Um, and I got to know that more between um, working with um, Aaron Andrews. Uh, we had a multi-man tag match on day two where we stole the HIW Tag Team Champion. By the way, we're the shortest reign Tag Team Champions. Team <laughs> Thick and Quick, baby. All day long. Best, best team name ever. He's the Quick. Or no, I'm the Quick. He's the Thick. So, yeah. eat shit. <laughs> shortest reign Tag Team Champions that we stole. That's awesome. That no, one fuck, no one knew about it either. We just came out as tag team champions and we, we told the announcers, like, hey, tell them. We stole them in the back. We beat up the Binskys And, like, no one knew why we had the titles. Like, no look, <laughs> like, oh, we're champions, Aaron. He's just like, shut the fuck up. Like, just, he was so pissed. It was just such a fun night, though. Um, but, yeah. I, I would love to work more tag team matches, triple threats, whatever I can do to get out there to expose more of what I can do, you know, to a larger audience or to even a smaller audience. The easier thing is making the bigger crowds react to you. The harder thing is making those those crowds like of Joy react to you. Right. You know, smaller crowds. It doesn't matter if there's ten thousand people out there or just one guy. I'm gonna go out there and give it my heart. Did uh? Did so when you went out for your your tag team match? Did you did you guys have a tag team move? No. No. <laughs> no. It, it was it was ultimately to progress in our storyline. All right. But uh, we had a double suplex onto Shade, and Whoa. It, was, it was it was good. You know. Uh, <laughs> We didn't really have like an ultimate goal to kind of go out there. We wanted to just go out there and do our thing and have fun. You know, that's the best thing about wrestling. You go out there with people that you're either really close to or that you don't particularly like. But what matters is that you're safe in that ring and that you take care of each other. Always, always be safe. So, so yeah. one thing that I try
0: and remember to ask everybody that I interview, and sometimes I don't remember it. But if you could have one superpower, but it has to be completely useless, completely useless, what would it be?
1: oh my god what a great question uh has to be completely useless yep uh god damn it um hmm. (laughs) the ability to know when somebody wants to fart there you go that's a useless i don't know but that's the particular that's the first thing popped in my head like oh god that got two miles now he's about to shit his pants. you <laughs> used to amuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> I love it. I
0: love it because it's like it's not necessarily that, that someone is going to fart, but wants to fart. So yes, you know they could yes. still
1: sneak it up on you. I've extended the smell. You son of a bitch, Joe. You know? <laughs> I smelled that from a mile away. You
0: fucker. Uh, all right. Thank you once again, Zach, for sitting down with me and coming on to our show. Uh, it was, it's been a it's been a pleasure, and uh, I hope to see Thank more you. matches in the future. Uh, I'm not quite. I don't think this is going to come out until maybe the end of January. Do you have any future dates after that that you can tell us? Uh,
1: around there, yes, I believe so. Um, you know, then again, H, I can get booked just about hopefully anywhere. Right. So you never know. You know, I can keep you guys as updated as I possibly can. You know, you never know where the scumbags gonna roll through.
0: So, okay, then uh, why don't you go ahead and plug uh, Hi's website or Facebook, and then your own social media if
1: you have. Yeah, them. absolutely. Uh, if you guys want to see more of me, local out, uh, based out in Tucson, Arizona, go ahead and go to facebook.com/highimpactwrestling, or go over to uh, you know facebookcom wrestling. and to find uh, to find me on social media, my Facebook is Zach Iron Mancy. My Instagram is Manzy155, and if you feel like you want to grab some of that scumbag merch, head over to prowrestlingtees.com dot slash Iron Awesome! I'm glad I'm glad that
0: uh, you have some merch out there too. I might have to look into it myself. So Ooh. there keep you plug, go. <plug> uh all right thank you once again this is uh, i'm on i'm mitchipedia ger on twitter if you want to get the rest of geekly radio it's at geekly radio on twitter at geekly radio on instagram and facebook.com forward slash geekly radio is our facebook page check out our website geekly for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the geekly radio network until next time this is hey mitch on the geekly radio network saying always remember to geek yeah. out
1: We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by Cuts by Candice. Candice Skiss is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candice is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code Geek Out, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candice on Instagram and start looking the best you you can.